We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Candlestick Chronicles. It is Monday. The NFL's legal tampering period is open, and there's been a bunch of news. It's been a busy Monday. I'm Chris Biederman. I cover the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. With me, as always, is Kyle Madsen of Niners Wire of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Kyle, you're in Arizona. How's it going down there? It's good. It's the time of year where the weather down here is like really beautiful. And so it was nice and cool this morning, but not obnoxiously so. And then uh, I had like a light sweater on, but I could have taken it off if I wanted, but it wasn't uncomfortable to have it. It was a really nice day. That's And awesome. I got to hang out at spring training uh, with the A's. So that was cool. Yeah, it's tough to beat March in Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, but we're not here to talk about baseball. We're here to talk about mostly NFL free agency and Quan Alexander, uh, the newest 49er, according to multiple multiple reports signing a record deal which he might be becoming the highest paid linebacker inside linebacker in the NFL averaging 13 and a half million per year it's been reported that's a four-year 54 million dollar contract with 27 million in guarantees according to ESPN Kyle what what's your what, what are your thoughts when when you first see this deal come down the pike well Quan Alexander was a guy you and I talked about and that I I wrote quite a bit about over at at Niners wire, he seems to kind of fit the the mold of a will linebacker. He's not as big. He's almost like a safety, but he's, he's athletic. He's instinctive. He's, he's kind of a really solid player, but he's coming off that ACL tear. And this isn't new for the 49ers to kind of just uh, throw a lot of money at something and say, Hey, this is the guy that we think is best for us. So we're going to pay him to make sure we get him. And that's what they did. I'll be more interested 
in seeing what numbers for like CJ Mosley and Anthony Barr look like. Because mm-hmm. if Mosley could have been had for like a couple more million, then you got to kind of wonder why why they didn't uh, try and make that happen. And and maybe they did, but but right now I'm just kind of just okay with the with the Quan Alexander signing. Yeah, there's definitely some risk involved, particularly looking at durability and maybe availability. He missed four games his rookie season because he was suspended for violating the league's performance enhancing substance policy, which isn't great. Uh, played all 16 games the following season, and he led the NFL with 108 solo tackles. He's also had six interceptions and six forced fumbles throughout his four seasons, uh, which is obviously good news for the 49ers because they had a record low seven turnovers and two interceptions last year. Uh, so like you mentioned, the ACL tear is is really the biggest thing to, to factor in with Quan Alexander right now. We don't know when he's going to be available to return to action whether or not that's going to be at the start of training camp in August or maybe midway through training camp. Is he going to have to miss games early in the season? We don't really know. What What is clear, though, is if the 49ers are paying him $13.5 million a year, they're paying him like a Pro Bowl player. And he went to the Pro Bowl in his third season with Tampa. And ultimately, that's the upside, right? Like you look at he weighs 227 pounds. He ran a 4.55 in the 40. And the first thing I thought of when they signed him or when when the news came in that an agreement was uh, was come to was I thought of Telvin Smith, the the really good linebacker for the Jaguars who Robert Sala coached uh, in Jacksonville before coming to San Francisco. And Telvin Smith is a will linebacker, obviously really fast, a little bit faster than Quan Alexander, um, but really good in coverage. And, and you sort of see where the 49ers are going with this. And, and I do think after thinking about it and, and writing a little bit about it today, it, it makes more sense for the 49ers just from a from an age and maybe a skill set standpoint to go after Alexander than it would be to go after Mosley because you're probably going to have to give Mosley the same length of contract because he's going to be in demand because he maybe is a little bit more established of, of a player at this point. But Mosley's 27 or he's going to be 27 in 2019 and... Alexander, I think, is going to be 28 by the time this four-year contract is up if he sees it right. all the way through. Um, so he's fat. Alexander's faster than Mosley. He's better in coverage than Mosley. And so the 49ers can operate with Fred Warner at Mike linebacker and Alexander at Will linebacker. And if both those guys are, are clicking and healthy and playing well, then you could be really good against the pass at the second level of the defense, which is really, really important in today's NFL. So I, I understand the signing from that perspective, but it does come with a lot of risk. And you wonder, you know, particularly in comparison to Mosley, Mosley's one of the best tacklers in the league, right? And Alexander, PFF Jeff, our friend Jeff Dini at Pro Football Focus tweeted this out earlier that Mosley has an 18% missed tackle rate, uh, which mm-hmm. I want to say is the second worst among all linebackers. Yeah, it's the second worst among all linebackers that played 1,000 snaps between 2015 and 2018. Um, mm-hmm. So that's definitely notable, but... Uh, I think the fact that the 49ers play eight in the box typically with a strong safety up near the line of scrimmage, I think that should help. You know, may, th- th- there will be less space for ball carriers and, and potentially make it easier for Alexander to take the right angles and uh, and make those tackles that maybe he missed. He's still young enough in his development that maybe Robert Sala could coach some of that stuff out of him. But I think, yeah, the missed tackles are an issue. Obviously, the injury and durability stuff is an issue. But if you look at like the maximized version of Quan Alexander, it's a really good potential addition to the defense. 
and uh, and and you have to like it from that perspective. But when you're talking about making him the highest paid linebacker in football, I mean, it's questionable to be sure. But it's also worth pointing out that the cap has gone up at least 10 million a season over the last right. since 2013. And that and that has to be factored in as well. OK, and what if what if my, my question is, you know, making him the highest paid linebacker in football. How long is that going to last? Because Anthony Barr will surely get more than he did. And CJ Mosley will surely get more than he did. So if the 49ers had waited around and those guys got signed and then they signed Quan Alexander for this deal, does it get the same reaction? And I don't think it does. I think the big thing is, why are you making this guy the highest paid linebacker in the league um, when that's not going to last for more than four days? Yeah, that's that's a good point. And honestly, like... The reaction on the first day of free agency is always going to be too far in one direction or another, right? Like we always talk about, you know, salary cap space and sticker shock of these contracts. And ultimately it ends up being far less. The money ends up being far less than is initially reported because generally the sources for these numbers are often agents who want to make it look like their players getting the biggest deal possible because that's good publicity, right? So Drew Rosenhaus is Alexander's agent. He knows how to play this game. He's done a lot of deals with forty with the 49ers in the past, including Navarro Bowman, by the way. You know, I I, I tend to think we're going to look at this in a couple years like we do at a bunch of other contracts and say, yeah, it was a lot at the time, but the cap has gone up 20, 30 million since then. And it's, it's basically a middle-of-the-road contract for a linebacker. But it will look bad if Alexander's hurt or if he doesn't come back from the ACL injury uh, and he doesn't play like a Pro Bowl player, which is what the 49ers are paying him to be at this number. Um, so there's certainly some risk involved. And I, and I agree with that, but <clears throat> I said this on Twitter. The Niners, for all the things they've done wrong over the last decade or so, managing the salary cap has not been one of them. They've no, done a definitely really, really good job of that. And I think they've earned the benefit of the doubt. If people are worried about the salary cap uh, with the 49ers, I don't think there's anything to worry about there. There's legitimate concerns on whether uh, Quan Alexander can be a productive player still uh, coming off his ACL injury. Like that's fine, but the Niners aren't going to find themselves in cap hell because they signed Quan Alexander to a big deal. And another thing that's worth pointing out, uh, you know, Cameron Brait, the the Buccaneers tight end, the day that the day that um, Alexander suffered his ACL tear and it was pretty apparent he was going to be gone for the season last October after the game against Cleveland. uh, He said, quote, for us as a team, losing someone like Quan Hurts, he's kind of the heart and soul of our team. Just just the kind of passion he brings every day. We're going to miss him a lot. That kind of stuff is what Kyle Shanahan has said in the past. He's willing to overpay for for somebody who can be sort of a team leader or be that cohesive force in the locker room. And, you know, it sounded like you know, reading quotes about Alexander, uh, you know, throughout, throughout last season or going back and reading those quotes, I should say, you get a lot of that type of stuff. So the 49ers are, are getting somebody who they think is a high character addition. And particularly in contrast to Ruben Foster, who got arrested three times uh, and showed a, pretty significant pattern of bad decision-making getting someone like Alexander is a significant upgrade there. And I think that's sort of what they're paying for too, is just the idea that they're going to have somebody in the locker room who's reliable, who's going to be a leader on the team. 
And uh, I know it's cliche and probably corny, but that's that's stuff that, you know, you're not really going to see necessarily coming through the TV. Uh, but it is important through, you know, for the day to day stuff that you deal with in the NFL to have somebody who's going to be reliable in the locker room and, and somebody other guys gravitate towards. And it can't be expressed enough that Quan Alexander has four NFL seasons under his belt and he's 24 years old. Like he's right. very, very young still. He's younger than Reuben Foster. Yeah, that's that's which, which that's pretty amazing. Yeah, so I mean, it's like you could go, you know, we could we could make grades and and we could talk about how we feel about the deal in the moment, but really, like it could go, it could go a ton of different directions, and it's impossible to say how good the addition is going to be or how bad it's going to be because Alexander could end up, you know, suffering a setback in his rehab and only plays half the season if he gets on the field at all. Like, you know, ACLs tend to, these guys come back from these ACL injuries better than they have ever before, but it's not a guarantee by any means. And the 49ers know that better than anybody because Trent Baalke and his team is, you know, his personnel department drafted so many guys coming from college with ACL tears that never amounted to anything. What the 49ers do have, like you mentioned, is a four-year sample size of Alexander being really good in the NFL. Uh, and that's what they're paying for. But we don't know. Like Alexander could come in and be a Pro Bowl player from the jump, and then it looks like a brilliant addition. Or he could come in and miss tackles and miss games because of injury. And it looks like, you know, another miss, like Malcolm Smith, perhaps. Although, you know, this is like t- literally bigger than more than twice the contract that Malcolm Smith got. Um, so I, I have no idea how to how to evaluate the deal right now other than to say that it's a gamble and the 49ers are banking on him being a really good player i think that's i think that's correct you can't one way or the other there's there's just so many questions you still have to answer in terms of his health in terms of what the salary cap is going to look like in a couple years in terms of how he plays coming off that rehabbed acl there's there's so much that could go right or wrong in this scenario that trying to project any of it is is very tough. Right. And that uncertainty is sort of like it's what gives you pause about giving him so much money. Right. Like that that's the thing. And and I think the 49ers are I mean, when when you make mistakes or you have first round picks that don't pan out like Ruben Foster. These are the type of risks that you have to take, particularly when you have 66 million in cap space, right? Like it's a it's a high risk, high reward scenario. And you're at the point if you're John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan entering year three of this thing that you need to take risks um, because you don't have the job security like, you know, Bill Belichick would have to to go with the more affordable options, just assuming you could coach guys up and coach them into being the player that they need to be. Right. They have the the Niners have to pay for talent at this point because they've been rolling over so much cap space year after year. And because it's been so long since they've made the playoffs or even been a contender in the NFC West. So I look at it like they found a player that fits a profile for what they want. They're paying through the nose for it. Uh, And and it's a risk that, you know, it's a calculator risk, but it's one that 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 is worth them making. Uh, because of where they're at in their tenure and everything that's coming up on the line in 2019. They had to take a risk. They had to take, they had to make some kind of splash. 
I know it wasn't one of the top two or three linebackers on the market, but Quan Alexander at his best is a very, very good player. And the Niners are banking on him getting there. And if he does, then this contract looks brilliant. Yeah. And, and comparing it to Mosley again, like if they bring in Mosley, Mosley's probably your Mike linebacker. Warner's probably your will. And, you know, Warner is a plus athlete for a Mike linebacker. I think he's more of an average athlete for a will. And so if those are your guys down the road, you wonder what that's going to look like, you know, two, three, four years from now, if they're going to hold up in coverage uh, at the level you would need them to. So maybe with Warner at Mike and Alexander at Will, I'd argue that you're probably better defending the pass for the long run. Right. So is it, do you have any other thoughts on on the Alexander thing? And we'll dive into this once the news becomes official on Tuesday. But there are some other nuggets we want to get to. But do you, do you have anything else you want to say about, about uh, Alexander? Do you... I have a question for you. Sure. How much do you think this handcuffs them salary cap-wise going forward? Well, we have to see how they structure the deal. Typically, what the 49ers do is they front load these contracts and give give away the guaranteed money early in the deal so they can move on from them later on. And because they have a glut of cap space now, that's kind of what I'm expecting. I think the $27 million in guaranteed money, which Adam Schefter reported, indicates that the bulk of the guarantees come in the first two seasons of the deal. So maybe by 2021, if things don't work out, the 49ers can move on with with you know not a ton of dead money on the salary cap. Um, but I don't think it, you know, I, I expected them to make one or two of these kind of additions, somebody making money near the top of the market because they vowed to be so aggressive. And because frankly, everything is shaping up for them to be aggressive in terms of the positions that are, that look like they're loaded in, in terms of free agency. Um, I don't think it'll, it should prohibit them from, you know, making Earl Thomas the high, highest paid, uh, safety in football. I think. Uh, you know, it's been reported that he wants 14 million a year, just more than Eric Berry. Landon Collins signed a six year deal with the Giants paying him 14 million a year. I think I think, you know, adding Alexander should should or would not preclude the 49ers from giving Earl Thomas, you know, maybe 30 million dollars over the next two seasons. Maybe they do, you know, a three year, 45 million dollar contract with the first two seasons, you know, almost fully guaranteed or maybe even more more than those two seasons guaranteed. But um, yeah, I'm expecting them to still be active. I think Ziggy Ansah still makes a ton of sense. I think maybe they might be waiting to see how the pass rush market unfolds here a little bit. Trey Flowers, I think, got 15 or 16 million a year with the Giants. I, I would imagine Ziggy Ansah gets uh, significantly Lions. less than that. Or sorry, the Lions. Yeah, Flowers signed with the Lions. Uh, Justin Houston of the Chiefs, I would expect probably to get something similar to what the 49ers gave gave Quan Alexander and I could see them being in the market for that uh, I'm not entirely sure about the scheme fit uh, I guess you know I'm more comfortable in in, in projecting onset to the 49ers defense just because he played with the 49ers new defensive line coach Chris Kasurik for a long time right. but to answer your question I you know if if it's say it's 15 million dollars up front for Alexander, the 49ers are still going to have well above 50 million in cap space. So they should be able to afford another quality high end free agent or two at the top of their position relative to the rest of the league. Sure. That makes sense. It was just, I saw one of the prevailing thoughts I, I saw were, were people concerned that they, they locked up all their cap space in Quan Alexander, and I was wondering how much you thought that was the case. 
No, no. I think the cap's going to be 190 million. 188.2. 188.2. Quan Alexander. We don't know what the cap hit's going to be, but say it's 15. Uh, the 49ers would have a lot, a lot so more have 50 money million to work with. Sure. <laughs> yeah, 50 million is probably a, a decent estimation at this point, but we won't know probably till later in the week when, when the uh, you know the numbers come out on this deal. Um, sure. Kyle, we've got an announcement to make. Oh, do we? We do. We do. Blue Wire, the uh, the network that hosts this podcast, Blue Wire is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Hey. <laughs> Go to harrys.com slash blue wire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, travel blade, and a travel blade cover. You that get all that. Perfect. That would have been perfect for me coming to Arizona because I have to like shave while I'm down here. I could have right. used the travel blade cover. Yeah, it's important to keep your face right for all that radio work you do. Exactly. Um, you get all of that for just $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with the cheap razors. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's is fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. These are imported blades, guys. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash blue wire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com slash blue wire to redeem your razor for $3. Three bucks. Three bucks. That's cheap. Uh, also, Kyle, the first weekend of the NCAA tournament is the greatest betting event of the year. Whether you like filling out a bracket, picking a national champion, predicting first round upsets, or all of the above, That's me. my bookie is the perfect home for your March Madness fun. Will Zion Williamson and his teammates cement their legacy at Duke with a title? Nope. Can Virginia get past its loss to a 16 seed last year? Sure. And can Kentucky get back to the Final Four? Doubtful. If you know the answers like Kyle, or even if you don't, my bookie is the place to get in on the action. They have something for everyone, even you, multiple bracket guy. Are you a multiple bracket guy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. They're talking to you. Uh, my bookie has been in business for years. Their goal is to give you the best customer service in the business. And the best part is they pay out fast when you win. I'm talking 48 hours. Bet with the best, then kick back and enjoy March Madness while you watch your picks cash. Deposit with MyBookie today with promo code BLUEWIRE for a 50% sign-up bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word. With MyBookie, you play, you win, and you get paid. Okay, so what other news? Where, where do you want to go with uh, with the second segment to, to our free agency podcast on a Monday? I think we should start with the Landon Collins signing because that pretty dramatically affects the safety market, I think. And the 49ers should be pretty heavy players in that, in that, in that market. Right. So Landon Collins signed is reportedly signed an $84 million contract over the next six seasons to join Washington after playing with the giants who declined to give him the franchise tag and, and let him walk in free agency. That's 14 million a season like we said, which is a lot for a strong safety in particular, I think. Um, Collins is a really good player, but I think 
he might not be the the best safety when it comes to pass coverage, which is ultimately the most important thing, which we the same thing we mentioned with uh with Quan Alexander joining the 49ers. So 14 million is a lot for him, but but that's not really the point of this conversation. The point of the conversation is now the the safety market is set. So I think we're in agreement that it would make sense for the 49ers to try to get Earl Thomas in as the highest paid safety in the league by averaging 15 million a year. Do you, but the the safety class is so deep in free agency this year that you have to wonder if it's worth paying Earl Thomas 15 million a year if he's that much better than someone than say like uh you know Tyron Matthew or LaMarcus Joyner who could also play free safety at pretty high levels. Uh, where, where, where are you on that? Would you, would you want to pay Thomas 15 or, or maybe pay someone a little, a little cheaper or maybe a little younger? That's tough because I've been pounding the table pretty hard for Earl Thomas all off season, just because it's such a perfect fit. But that was before they paid Quan Alexander a ton of money. Right. But then again, I was pounding the table for Earl Thomas and CJ Mosley thinking they'd have to make them both the highest paid players at their position. So I, I still think that that Earl Thomas is is worth it at a couple of years at 15 a year. He's a perfect on-field fit. He he brings Richard Sherman. Do you remember when Richard Sherman last year was talking about attitude of the defense? Oh, absolutely. I think Earl Thomas brings a lot of that. Absolutely. And it's something that it's something that could have an effect on the 49ers for beyond just the two years that, that he's in Santa Clara. So I think I think he still has to be the top target. However, I wouldn't feel like the Niners did something wrong if they did wind up with Matthew or or Joyner, who are both very good football players who who could help the Niners defense. Yeah, totally agree. I, I think I mean I unless he's still hurt which I don't think is going to be an issue because fractured bones heal pretty well. I mean, better than, you know, torn ligaments or things like that. Right. I think Thomas is still going to be one of the best safeties in football over the next two years. So I think with where expectations need to be for the 49ers, I, I think adding Thomas would make a ton of sense. And and like you said, I think there's there could be carryover. Even if he's only around for two or three years, there could be residual carryover in the locker room, particularly if Thomas, you know, really takes command of that defense and helps the 49ers get to the playoffs, for an example, for example, like that's that could go, you know, Thomas's role off the field could go a long way in sort of establishing the culture and creating expectations for for everyone else in the locker room. Uh, and and I think it would make a lot of sense. And we know that he literally is the perfect safety for the scheme because he's done it for so long with Seattle. Right, we've seen it. Yeah, we've seen it. We don't ne- know necessarily if Tyron Matthew is better at free safety as a single high free safety or if he's better near the line of scrimmage as a slot cornerback. We can't say that for sure. Uh, LaMarcus Joyner isn't coming off a particularly good season, which is one of the reasons why the Rams you know, allowed him to walk despite giving him the franchise tag you know, a little bit earlier. So Joyner's 28. He'll be 29 in November. So there's really, you know, he's two years younger. Uh, Tyron Matthew, wow, I didn't realize this. Tyron Matthew is going to turn 27 in May. So presumably you would have more years of his prime left than Thomas. Uh, and Matthew hasn't missed a game in the past two seasons. Yeah. 
Um, man, I yeah, I, I I would have to think Matthew would be a pretty good. Uh, you know, if if he's not your one A target, I think one B would. You know, Matthew should be your one B guy. Uh, we, if we've we've if talked able about to prime out of Houston. We've talked about him before, Matthew, and just that he's a really good football player. Absolutely. I think you could put him at linebacker and he'd figure out how to impact games. <laughs> like it just, that that's just the vibe I get from him. And he's, he's plenty athletic to play free safety. I think if, if the Niners feel like they can plug him in and have him play that single high spot, I absolutely could see them doing it. I'm not certain that he, that he can as well as a guy like Joyner can, but that's it's a it's a definite possibility and if they if they do wind up with a player like tyron matthew they're adding good players to a roster that desperately needs it right and and one thought i had is is like how much does do their the guys they're targeting impact the other players they're targeting and i guess what i mean by that is do if they go after uh earl thomas does that mean they go after a cheaper pass rusher than justin houston or if they go after Tyron Matthew, does that like does that mean that they go after Justin Houston rather than somebody like Ziggy Ansa, who you could probably get cheaper than Justin Houston? Uh, and I'm, I'm I mean right. I guess I'm just curious if they're operating uh, like they're they're looking at combinations of additions or they're just trying to get the best guys that they possibly can get. Yeah, that's that's. That goes back into kind of some of the team building stuff we were talking about where what position do you prioritize? Where do you, where do you place the, the emphasis on, on your salary cap dollars? If they really think that they need a safety, if they're looking at, let's say they have a list of needs. I know this isn't how it works, but let's say they just have a board full of needs and they just took linebacker from the number three need and moved it way down and safety moves up. So I think their list of needs now is edge, uh, receiver, safety. And it's just a matter of how they want to allocate their resources to to address those needs, knowing that they're probably going to get an edge rusher in the draft. So do they need to go bigger money at that position, or are they going to wait around for the market to settle and then try and sign somebody for cheap? Right. It's an interesting discussion, and we'll have to see how it all unfolds. Uh, one thing, Jane Slater of NFL Network reported today that someone within Earl Thomas's camp said the 49ers have not reached out yet, which I thought was fascinating. Um, and it could be that they're, I mean, they're they're wrapping this thing up with Quan Alexander, or that's that's what they wanted to get done first to make sure they have a linebacker in the middle of the defense. I don't know that that necessarily means the 49ers are, have zero interest. I would be shocked if they didn't at least make the phone calls to gauge what it's going to take. Um, and, you know, we know Richard Sherman, you know, I spoke with Richard Sherman at the combine and, and he made it sound like the 49ers were certainly clear options. Uh, and obviously this is before the quote unquote legal tampering period. Right. Uh, so we don't know. We can't say that the 49ers had contacted Thomas to that point, but I, I I'm very curious to see what happens, how much role Thomas makes. Uh, and another thing that I guess we, we're kind of obligated to talk about because it would be such a huge thing. Uh, we mentioned Odell Beckham Jr. a lot last week. We did an entire pod on whether or not the 49ers should stay at pick number two or trade for trade out of that pick for a chance to get Odell Beckham Jr. Yep. Uh, it's the, the rumors aren't necessarily going away, but Mike Garofolo of NFL Network today said, 
there hasn't been any movement on that front, though the 49ers, he didn't say this, but I think someone else reported, and I, I apologize for not having that report handy, but someone else reported that the Niners are still in the mix, uh, or at least they're interested in possibly trading for Odell Beckham Jr. Um, and I just, I, I just don't know, you know, they'd only have, the Niners only have six picks this year in this year's draft. Uh, they, if it's a $15 million con, uh, cap hit for Alexander this year, then you're talking about Beckham taking up, you know, I think around 20 more, then you have 30 million left in cap space. And then you're really getting into the area where you're going to start having to cut corners with the Forrest Buckner's deal upcoming in the next few seasons where he could earn somewhere, you know, 16, 18 million a year, a little sure. bit down the road. Um, so, you know, at the, the, I guess overshadowing this entire free agency is the prospect of adding another $20 million per year player to the payroll in Odell Beckham Jr. In addition to giving up draft capital, because that's the scenario, and this is just my opinion, but because that's the scenario and the the second pick in the draft is so valuable and you'll get a player under a con, under a controllable contract i don't know if i would give up the chance to draft number 2 for beckham i think you know i, I would do some we've talked about pick number 36 being a being an optimal spot for them to get a receiver in this year's draft because it's kind of deep outside of the first round like i would be more willing to give up the 2020 first round pick uh, and pick number 36 in this year's draft, or at least a package surrounding those two picks for Beckham, then, then give up uh, number two. You know, we talked a lot about a pick swap from number two to number six. Um, and we talked about, or, you know, I've, I've already mentioned how I feel about Nick Bosa and compared to all the other players in the class. I think he's clearly better yep. uh, than guys like Brian Burns and Montez Sweat. But um, yeah, if I were doing the pick and I'm not, but if I were doing it or the trade, I would I would try to stay at number two and maybe deal 2020 2020's first round pick and then number 36 in the second round in this year's draft. Yeah, the Giants haven't seemed too keen on trading him. So I think it's going to take a pretty exorbitant trade to get them to move on from from Odell Beckham. And I know the Niners want to be aggressive. But this goes back to the what positions do they value thing. And I'm not certain they value wide receiver so much that they would unload a first and a second form in a trade. Yeah, I agree. And and uh, I guess we'll talk more about this as time goes on and, and more things develop, more news items develop, because that, of course, you know, as the landscape changes, uh, so changes the Niners thinking regarding all of this stuff. Um, so why don't, oh, there's a, there's a little bit of news here. Matt Barrows of the athletic friend of the pod is reporting that the 49ers are showing interest in Colts cornerback Pierre Desir, uh, who, I mean, that's not really a surprise at all considering Desir very much fits the, the cornerback parameters, uh, and what the 49ers are looking for. He's six foot one. Uh, he has the long arms, you know, yeah, 33 like, inch arms. I think 33. Uh, I'm pulling up his mock draftable page as we speak. 33 inch arms. Good call by you. 93rd percentile. I don't know if he's really a game changer and, but it, it would make sense for the 49ers because it, even if he's not a starter, he, he would improve their depth pretty significantly over. Yes. Uh, over Mabin, um, you know, behind Tavarius Moore and Akella Witherspoon. And the 49ers had so much turnover at cornerback, and they're probably looking at losing Jimmy Ward 
that adding somebody like Pierre Desir would make sense. They're also reportedly interested. Do you have any Pierre Desir takes before before I move on to the next guy? I just think he fits he fits what the Niners do defensively. He's big and lengthy. He finally had a good year last year with the Colts after kind of toiling around, I think, between the Browns and the Chargers. And then he was at the Colts for a couple of seasons. But uh, the the way the Niners play defense and the way they use their corners, I think it fits his skill set pretty well. So it would make sense. Uh, the other guy that they're interested in is a former first-round pick of the Broncos in 2014 at cornerback is Bradley Roby. Uh, who, oh, Buckeye. Uh, yeah, former Ohio State Buckeye. Uh, he is not... He does not fit the team's sort of physical parameters when it comes to, you know, outside cornerbacks. But maybe the 49ers are looking at Roby in slot. Roby's 5'11 with 31 and a half inch arms. So, um, I mean, not too far off in terms of length. I think the cutoff is 32 inches, but ideally they would have 33 or longer. Really good athlete. I mean, he tested extremely well and was a first round pick. I think he was a pick after Jimmy Ward, actually. Uh, which is which is another what if um, for the 49ers? What if they had gone with Bradley Roby over, <clears throat> excuse me, over Jimmy Ward? <laughs> very obscure, very niche. What if? Yeah, very, very niche. <laughs> uh, considering, well, they've had all those issues at cornerback, but Roby was a guy who tested extremely well. Uh, 1.47 10 yard split, which is in the 92nd percentile, 4.39 40 yard dash, really fast. That's the 84th percentile. Yeah. Um, big hands, 10 and a quarter inch hands, 97th percentile. There's some odd, I mean, someone should do a study. There's some odd correlation stuff with big hand. I mean, I guess it's not odd, but I you feel are, like you are, you're big into the big hands means good player. I have a, yeah. I have big hands equals good player theory. And I can't really justify it without, I, I mean, maybe it's just confirmation bias. Every time I see a good player and look at his measurements, he happens to have big hands. It feels like. Who knows? I mean, obviously it makes sense having big hands in a in a sport that's so physical and requires you to hold on to a football makes makes sense. Anyway, um, what if that was what if that was what if that was the key to the draft this whole time? And everyone's just been missing it. It's, it's the market inefficiency. We should call Michael Lewis yeah. and see if we'll write a book about it. <laughs> you had ten and a quarter inch hands draft that guy. <laughs> just a Super Bowl, just with like mediocre players, but everyone has huge hands. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, how Roby fits, and we don't know the veracity of that report. But yeah, I think Roby would probably be a slot guy and maybe somebody who they could convince themselves, similarly to the way they did with Jimmy Ward, that he could play all three spots. Um, he's certainly athletic enough, uh, and he would probably, both both Roby and Desir would, would certainly be affordable enough. I can't imagine either of those guys is going to break the bank. Yeah. Um, so possible depth additions. Uh, and I think that sort of wraps us up today, right? Do, do you have anything else you want to add before we hop out of here? No, I think that's, I think that's good. I don't think the Niners are done making splashes yet. I think right. they're, I agree. I think they've got another big name in them coming down the line here, whether it's Justin Houston or Earl Thomas. I just, I really think that the Niners are going to be big players for somebody else here. Eventually. Hopefully they wait. So our podcast and our takes could have a little bit of time to breathe before they make uh before they make another splash edition. Because if I sure hope because not. if they like sign Earl Thomas 10 minutes after this publishes later today on Monday, then like everything we said for the past half hours is more or less going to be moot. Um, Great. Point. But 
that's it. Uh, we should have another podcast coming later this week as free agency continues. It's been a pretty busy day. Um, but thank you for uh, listening. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts uh, on the Blue Wire Network. Uh, I'm Chris Biederman for Kyle Madsen. We are out, and we'll talk to you next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.